tithes, offerings, and alms. And when I was 24 years old, we were, I was able to step into that, and I got a greater understanding of that. I didn't understand a whole lot about the Bible, but that I got a hold of. And, and I want to just, can I, can I just share a testimony a moment with you on that? We, we've been tithers. I've been tithing since, you know, I was 24 years old and got a, got a hold of that and giving offerings and giving alms and, you know, in the church, our church tithes, our church gives into ministries. Um, our church helps with alms, with everything that we've got going on. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Okay. Um, so Shelly was, Shelly was going to be gone and I thought, wow, you know, what am I going to do? So I got a, a phone call and somebody was coming from Arkansas and the last time they were here I said listen if you come let's go play some golf I'm not a real good golfer and and nor do do I claim to be a good golfer but I enjoy getting out there every now and then so he called me and he said let's go play golf and I said okay he said what about Bowling Springs what about Friday morning I said I'll call get a tee time 7 30 we got a got a tee time I called them up and they said look we've got a tournament at nine o'clock but you guys can come and you can play, you know, before the tournament and you'll have some time. And I was like, okay, that's great. Um, so I got with Sean. Sean Weldon's his name and he works with Lowe's. And boy, that created quite the stir when we were out there with the Chamber Golf Tournament. And a guy from Lowe's there. And they were like, really? Are you with research and development? Are you, is Lowe's coming to Woodward? It was like, I could have started a real big rumor, but I did not. Amen. So, um, so anyway, Sean and I, we got there. And they said, uh, gosh, you know, I, I don't know if you can play. And I said, well, I talked to a lady on the phone. She said we could play, you know, and, and we would tee off at 730 or whatever. And then a lady from the chamber came up, and um, Carla, and she said, she said, Pastor Eric, she said, there's two people that need to be on a team that, that in other words, a bank in town, Central National Bank of Enid, has a team, and they need two people. And you can play with them, and you don't have to pay. And I was like, I was like, hmm, let me check with Sean, see if that'll work. Because, um, because that was not starting till 9, and here it was at 7.30. You know, here we are out there. So I went out to him, and I said, hey, they got an opening for two people on the team, and I told you I'd take care of golf. <laughs> I told you I'd take care of golf today. So, so anyways, you know, when you look at that, and some people might say, well, that's just lucky. And I don't look at it that way. In fact, the word luck even isn't in my vocabulary because, but I believe that's a blessing of the Lord. You know, and, and I went out to Sean and I said, what do you think? He said, sure, that's great. Not only did we get to play golf for free, but we also got the opportunity to have lunch for free. And I was like, well, this is a pretty good deal. You know, it's like, all right. So, you know, it's a fundraiser for the chamber and that's what it was. And so I probably took some of the money that I was going to pay for the golf and we bought mulligans and, you know, you could do all sorts of things to make your score better. Our score was still pretty good, but wasn't good enough to win. But I look at that and I think that's the favor of the Lord. I look at that when things like that happen and I say, thank you, Lord. Now, when things like that don't happen, I don't look at it and go, oh, gosh, where was my favor there? I always look at it and say, God, I am blessed. I am highly favored of the Lord. And I thank you for the opportunities that you've given. And, the, you know, that was an opportunity. Whether they gave us that opportunity or not, I still wasn't going to enjoy the day and go have some golf. Amen? So when Shelly's gone, I go golfing real spiritual thing. And then I got an invitation to go four-wheeling. When Shelly's gone, not only do I go golfing, but I go four-wheeling. Can I get an amen? 
So we spent a bunch of time yesterday down at the, at the river just, uh, just four-wheeling, and, and then Shelly came back, and I was like, okay, i got to get back to work. These are real spiritual things, right? You know, golfing and four-wheeling. But here's what the Word of God says. It says, whatever we do in word and deed, do it unto the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you're playing golf, let it be for His glory. Amen? Do you think I had an opportunity to minister to the other two guys that were out there on the other team? Absolutely. Did I take advantage of the opportunity? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and they, they knew I was... Because they come up and like, well, what do you do? Ding! <laughs> Are you sure you really want to know? Yeah. Well, I pastor Living Word Fellowship. Really? You mean the church over there on Oklahoma? Yeah. Oh, that church. <laughs> Shelly, I've been trying to get Shelly for us to change the name to that church. I mean, come on, it would be cool, wouldn't it? What church you go to? I go to that church. You can check us out on thatchurch.com. You go online to that church. And it could be, oh, you go to that church, or you go, oh, you go to that church. <laughs> it kind of covers the whole thing, but, you know, just because what I, you know, that's what I want to do, but, you know, that, you know I, I want God to do what he wants to do. Amen? Amen? So turn to your neighbor and say, we still go to that church. <laughs> we go to that church, you know. And those of you that are visiting today, you're like, I've not laughed so much in church before in my life. Well, get ready, because uh, that's what we're, it's about. You know, it's about the joy of the Lord. Let's say joy. It's about the joy of the Lord. The Bible says it's the joy of the Lord that's our strength, you know? It's not just the, the mundane, oh, geez, I'm just barely getting by. It's about the blessings of God flowing in our life. How many of you know the blessings of God flow in my life, not for us? The blessings of God flow in my life for others. And that's what it's about, and, and that's what we want to see. Anytime we take up tithes, anytime we take up offerings or alms or anything like that or anything like that, it's not about us, it's about Him, and it's about our heart and what we want to do. Amen? So I want to talk a little bit about not only our heart, but I want to talk about, I want to segue in to being, be able to renew your mind. Say, renewing my mind. See, because there's some thought process, there's some different things that we get. So I want to just, let's go to, uh, I'm going to be going to Romans chapter 12. Those of you that, if you've got your iPad, get it out. If you've got your phone, get it out. Put it on Bible. and Please honor the Lord today and, and, and use the Bible. If you've got an electronic device, go ahead and... I have no problem with electronic devices and looking up Scripture and putting bookmarks on it and all of that. If your phone rings, answer it and ask how much they want to give for an offering. <laughs> Romans chapter 12. And then also turn, hold, the, hold your finger there and then turn to Colossians. Turn to Colossians because we're going to also read in chapter 2 there of Colossians. So Romans chapter 12 and Colossians chapter 2. And while you're turning there, I want to share something with you. We have been talking about the goodness of God, the grace of God, and the love of God. And you know what's happening? People are beginning to believe that God is good. People are beginning to experience that we have a God that's not mad at you. He is not upset with you. He's not up there with a baseball bat waiting for you to mess up so he can knock you out in the center field. Can I get an amen? And the great thing about it is people are getting to believe it. Oh, come on, somebody. They're actually now beginning to change their mind and renew their mind that God is a good God and he is good all the time. And no matter what you're involved in, come on, somebody. No matter what's going on in your life, it's God is still on the throne and he still is a good God. So we can give some praise to this mighty good God this morning. Can we do that? Hallelujah. Because he is worthy. He is worthy of our praise. 
And, and you know, and there were times in my life and, and through some teaching that I had received that it was like God is mad at me. God is mad at me. Don't you know God is mad at you? He's going to strike you down like a lightning bolt. Well, I got news for you. When I was a kid, I should have been gone about, uh, you know, a year and a half because I was an ordinary little kid, right? But, you know, God has his grace and God has his mercy. So the cartoon that I used to read, B.C., anybody ever used to read that cartoon strip? You know, that was my my impression of God because I got my theology from a comic strip (laughs) and not the word of God. So a lot of times, if we're going to talk about renewing your mind, I had to renew my mind as a little kid because I read that as, you know, when, when the guy would do this and he would do that, you know what I mean? It was like, you know, they're trying to roll a square wheel, you know, and those things, and, you know, and they would get upset, and then all of a sudden you just see a little puff of smoke. So that was my theology. That was my understanding of God. So no matter what circles you've been in, we're going to, we're going to look at the Bible. Can we look at the Bible this morning? Let's look at the Bible. Turn with me to Romans chapter 12. And I want to start, I want to start, gosh, I want to start at verse 2. But I really want to start at, uh, I got to get there. Why didn't I have mine pre-marked? Romans chapter 12. Gosh, let's just start at the very beginning, verse 1. If you got, if you didn't bring your Bible or something this morning or an electronic device that you can pull up the Bible on, I'm reading out of the New American Standard updated version. Um, Look on with somebody, okay? Um, Romans chapter 12. He says, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Verse 2. And do not be conformed by this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Verse 3. For through the grace, say grace, Paul's talking to the church of Rome right now, and he says, But through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, Do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. There's obviously different measures of faith. There's some things I could begin to break down in here, but, but uh, for sake of time, I'm just going to keep going. And we'll come back on a couple of scriptures. Is that okay? Is that all right with you guys? Verse 4. For just as we have many members in one body, all the members do not have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Since we have the gifts that differ according to the grace given to each of us, uh, is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the uh, proportion of your faith, of his faith, if service, let let him in serving, or in teaching, teaches in his teaching, verse 8, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives, gives with liberality. Do you know that there's an actual gift of giving? There are people, and I'm thank God for they, they identified their gift. And a lot of them are like, you know, I don't have the gift of wisdom, or I don't have the, the gift of interpretation, or I don't have the gift of tongues, or I don't have the gift of, of teaching, or I don't have all these other gifts. There are some people that I know that say, you know what I do have a gift of? Giving. Hello? And they didn't realize it. And there are people that give, and they'll give into the ministry, and they'll give into the alms, and they'll give into, you get, are you with me? And they're like, they just do it. It's like, how, how, how could you give that? And they're like, that's just what I do. Because they have identified their gift, and God has highlighted that and anointed that for them to be able to give. You ever had somebody that just gives you gifts? Gives you gifts. They're like, oh, here's a gift. It's like... Wow. Or they'll get a, you know, you get a free mug. You know, you go give blood, you get a free mug. 
and they'll go give the mug away. Guess what they're operating in? They're operating in that gift of giving. And see, it was hard for me because people would give me something. And I'd go, no, no, I, I don't need it. I, I got enough money. I can take care of it. Are you with me? And then I had to receive some things. And, and, and Shelly and the Lord helped Shelly shift, shift me to say, you know, we can receive that. It's okay to receive something. Amen? So when they give it, it's the heart. It's not about the item they give, no matter how big or little. Is this making any sense to anybody? You know, see, that's like, it's like, well, well, I gave them this. Well, they turned around and did what? Gave it away. <laughs> well, because they have a, a gift of giving, okay? So that's just, just one of the little highlight things, a little sidebar. A little got off on a rabbit trail, right? In verse 7, if service and is serving, he who teaches is teaching. Verse 8, exhortation, um, gives liberally, giving, leads with diligence. There's a leadership gift. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. God wants us to honor each other, amen? And that's what we're about here at this church. Those of you that are visiting today, we welcome you. We honor you today. We honor you with a gift. We want to give you a gift. Why? Because we honor you. You are valuable. And those of you that aren't member, I mean, that, that are not just visiting, but are, but are here and you guys keep coming. You guys keep coming back. That's really cool. You know, we honor you too. So turn to the neighbor next to you and say, we honor and bless you today. Come on, tell a couple people we honor and bless you today. So Paul is going through and he's talking about being, you know, serving and he's talking about the body and there's these different things within the body and, and how many different things they actually do. Now let's go on. Verse, verse 11, not lagging behind in, in, in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation. Wow. Let me say that again. Rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practice hospitality. Verse 14, bless those that persecute you. <laughs> Are you sure you have to read this, Pastor? <laughs> And he, and he says, bless and do not curse. Turn to your neighbor and say, be blessed. Yes. See, I think we've got to get a hold of this, that God, God is a God of blessing. He's not a God of cursing. Before the law, there were blessings and cursings. After you come through the law, there's blessings. Come through the cross, excuse me. After you come through the cross, there's blessings. And God wants to bless. And that's why, the, how many of you know, Romans is in the New Testament. So he's saying, look, be blessing and not cursing. And don't go around cursing people. Don't go around cursing people. They got it bad enough as it is. Come on, somebody. Let's begin to start speaking into life. Let's start speaking into destiny. Let's start speaking into value. Let's start speaking that they are royalty. And this is what we're beginning to shift. Is anybody getting a hold of this thing? Amen? Are we getting a hold of this to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I am not what my second grade school teacher told me I was. I am what the Word of God says that I am. Amen? So he says, bless those and, or persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. I could go on and preach about this for hours. Because a lot of times we're like, oh, I'm sorry, things are difficult for you. It's like, see, you deserve it. And he says, don't do that. I said, you know, if they're weeping, weep with them. And that's the easy part, isn't it? Oh, I'm sorry, things are so tough for you, sister. It's tough, I can weep and cry with you. But then when God all of a sudden blesses you and gives you free golf, you're thinking, how come I don't get free golf? I've been out there three or four different times. Nobody came up and gave me free golf. Where's my free golf? <laughs> I mean, don't we do that? Come on, can we be real with each other? We do that. We're like, well, I got blessed. How, how come they get 
And I didn't get that. Well, that's, that's just not fair. That's just not fair. It's not about being fair. It's about the word of God. And God says, he says, you know what? You rejoice with those who rejoice. And I love it when somebody, when God blesses or does something, say somebody finishes a degree in high school or a degree in college, I, I, I rejoice with them. Come on, somebody. You know, and there might, there might be an inheritance come from a great uncle somewhere that they didn't even know, and, and they've been driving around this old beat-up Chevy or Ford or get myself in trouble on brands, this car, and it needs some work. Are you with me? And then somebody comes in and blesses them and says, look, I got that car. Don't you worry about this, you single mom. I'm going to bless you and take care of you and give you this automobile, and, and we're all, we, we should be going, woo, hallelujah. I mean, come on. When, when, when there's a testimony of a healing, this place ought to just erupt. You know, it's like, woo, yes. Because if he did it for one, he'll do it for another. If he healed her, he'll heal me. Come on, somebody. If he'll bless her, he'll bless me. And there's time and time again, you look at the word of God, and what God does once, he'll do again. Yeah, we got some amen over there. Okay, let me get back to the word. I got off on another rabbit trail. That rabbit, that rabbit, we're just following that rabbit around. How many of you know there are God-ordained rabbit trails? So somebody needed that today. Although we kind of got off of the beaten path, somebody needed that today. Will you receive that today? Will you receive that today? He says, be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay pay back evil for evil to anyone. Never pay back evil for evil. Again, you go back into the Old Testament uh, during the law. It says an eye for an eye and a what? A tooth for a tooth. But you bring it through the cross, it changed that. Jesus said if he slaps you on one side, give him the other. If he drags you one mile, go with him too. You know what I mean? So it changed that whole thing. And that's what Paul is talking about here to the church in Rome. And he's saying, look, never pay back evil for evil. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at what? Peace with all men. Say peace. I mean, God wants us to have peace with each other. You know, there's sometimes the bully, I found out, when the bully comes up and he starts bullying you, you just go along with him. Ah, that's not going to bother me. Well, don't you want to pick a fight? Nah. Well, I'm going to smack you in the mouth. There it is. Get her done. And he's going to go, I'm going to go f- fight with somebody else that will get with me. Are you with me? Because the Bible says it's a principle, just like the principles we're learning today. The Bible says it's a gentle answer that turns away wrath. Gentle answer to the word. If we could teach our kids, if we could teach our children when they're bullied, just to act like it's not a big deal. I don't like you. I, you talk about bullied? I was bullied when I was a kid because I was the smallest kid in the whole school. You don't think people picked on me? Made me a tough wrestler, though. I body slam them. You got a 90-pound guy, and he, all of a sudden he body slams a 150-pound kid, the word gets out. Are you with me? I'm not telling you to fight back if you're a bully, but... I mean, if you're bullied, just a gentle answer. Look, I would have people push on me. Come on, let's fight, let's fight. Nah, I don't think I want to. I'm going to take your lunch. Well, that's fine. I got some lunch money here. Take that too. I'm telling you, that kid will not come back and take your lunch unless all of them will come back. So what else money you got? But pretty soon, the principles of God will begin to kick in and they'll say, look, I'm not even going to deal with you. And then you begin to love them. You begin to love them. That's why he's talking about, he said, you know, don't pay back evil for evil. All right, this, uh, that's another rabbit trail. Gosh, I've got to stay on task here. 
Verse 18, if possible, let it depends on you, be at peace with all men. And then he goes on and he says this to the church in Rome, and it's, it's, it's applicable today. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is mine. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Are you with me? And if he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you heap burning coals on his head. Wow. You get a revelation of this? You get an understanding of this? I mean, there's been people that I've had been odds with, and I've taken them a gift, and it's changed my relationship with them. And I didn't do it because I wanted to do it. I did it because the Word of God said I should. And God dealt with my heart. It says, do not overcome, be overcome by evil, but overcome what? Evil with good. Let's go back to Romans 12, too. If Marty, if you just put that up. Romans 12, too, and it says this. Do not be conformed to this world. So if it says, do not be conformed to this world, then obviously we can be conformed to this world. Does that make sense? If the Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, then there must be an opportunity for us to be conformed to this world. Can I get an amen? So he says, don't be conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I want to talk a little bit about the renewing of your mind. And we, we've preached messages on this many years, and, and we were talking about you know climbing your mountain of transformation and the different principles in the Word of God to renew your mind. The word transformation in this, in this scripture is it's a... It's a a Greek word, it's a metamorphosis. The word transformation is a metamorphosis of, of transforming. How many of you know, uh, you understand a metamorphosis process? Let me give you a, cl- a pl- classic example of a metamorphosis process. When, when a, um, a, a butterfly, what was a butterfly before it became a butterfly? A caterpillar. Oh, there was a transformation process that this caterpillar goes into a cocoon and it doesn't come out with just wings stuck on it. There is a whole metamorphosis, a transforming of its DNA. Oh, come on, somebody. A transforming of its whole being that when it comes out, it comes out as a completely different species. That's the transforming he has for my mind. So if my mind, an understanding of about God, that God's going to throw a lightning bolt down and kill me because I got that when I was a kid and was reading the BC cartoons, my mind had to be transformed to God. If you get that, say, I get it. No, seriously, do you get it? We get it. So, so there are some things that we've got to begin to shift. So in the next few weeks, I want to talk a little bit about renewing your mind. How we can begin to change and shift our thought processes. How we can begin to change and shift our belief systems. And what are some of the keys? Wouldn't you like to have some certain things that say, where's my battle at? What's going on? What's going on with my battle? So, So he says, don't be conformed to the things of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, which is good, acceptable, and perfect. So the start is with a renewing of our mind, okay? So he's saying, look, to the Church of Rome, and I could say this to the Church of Living Word Fellowship, those that are joining us by, you know, via Internet, 
let's look at the situation in which we're in and let's not get caught up in the world's ways of thinking. The world's philosophies. Are you with me? Because the world's philosophy is to take God out of everything. So he's saying, look, don't get caught into that. Because back in Rome, in the, in the first century church, when Paul wrote this, he was dealing with Gnosticism. He was dealing not only with the Jewish traditions and the Jewish laws and the Jewish ways. Are you with me? There was a lot of other thought processes. And as the word of God was going out and infiltrating into the world, they were coming against all sorts of unbelief, disbelief, weird beliefs. Come on, things to that nature that he was dealing with, okay? So let's not get caught up and, and come into the, to, to the, the agreement. It says, throughout the New Testament, we're constantly dealing with the world philosophies of religion. We, are we dealing with any world philosophies of religion now? Yeah, there's one that's called coexist. Just, you know, everybody just, everybody just love everybody and just exist with each other and, and it'll be all fine. And, and that's not what the Bible says. Are you with me? We need to love others. And as we love others, they'll come in and they're, 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 they will begin to see, and the blinders will be removed. Okay, let's go to Colossians chapter two because I know I want to I want to I want to just take a few more minutes here and just deal with a few things. Colossians chapter two. Thank you, Jesus. And I want to read chapter two, and I'm also going to read some of chapter three because if we're talking about different church philosophies and, and religious philosophies, and you can go in, and, I, and I'm not a philosopher by any means, but you can go in and look on, on the Internet, and there's all sorts of stuff. And there will challenge, everything that you see will try to challenge what you believe Christianity-wise. What, what, do you really believe the Word of God? It's amazing. Some people say that Jesus didn't even exist, and it's history. It's amazing. They'll say, well, he didn't raise again, and it's history. There is no history of another being, are you with me, that rose again and did what Jesus Christ has done. None, nada. So some people say, well, that's just a, that's just a fairy tale. No, it's not. It's historically documented. If you really want to get into something historically wise, read the, read the writings of Josephus. He was not a, a Christian, um, but he, his writings will, will give you a true uh, point of view on on Jesus Christ and the early church and things of that nature. Okay, Colossians chapter 2. Are you there? Say, I'm there. Okay. Gosh, I want to start with verse 8. No, let's start with verse 4. No. Gosh. I just might as well start with verse 1. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have on your behalf of those who are in Laodicea, for all those who have not personally seen my face, that their hearts may be encouraged having been knit together in love. Their hearts were encouraged and knit together in what? Love. So he's talking to the church of Colossae, I think is how it's pronounced. But he says, he says, and obtaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance and understanding resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is Christ himself, and who are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Where's wisdom and knowledge? It's, it's in, hidden in Christ. Are you with me? So you could, you could have, I touched base on this the other week, you could have many degrees behind your name and seek after knowledge. But if you don't know Christ, it's a dark knowledge. If you come to know Christ and you got many degrees, then guess what? You're going to have knowledge of light. Are you with me? There's going to be a difference in that. 
So he's talking about all wisdom and knowledge is in Christ. A lot of times we go for wisdom from men, and men have godly wisdom. Are you with me? But a lot of times we'll look to have wisdom here and wisdom there, and we need to look to him for wisdom. We need to look in Christ to have wisdom. In whom all are hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say to this that no one will delude you with persuasive arguments. Delude you with persuasive arguments. For even though I'm absent in the body, nevertheless, I'm with you in the spirit, rejoicing to see your good discipline and stability in your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. I'll tell the same thing to you guys. You received Jesus Christ as your Lord, walk in him. You walk in him. He says, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you are instructed and overflowing with gratitude. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy. Do you think he's dealing with their mind? In Romans, he was dealing with the, 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 the Roman church. He was dealing with their mind. You've got to be re- renewed where? Right here. You've got to be renewed right here. In Colossians, he was, he's dealing with the same things. He's like, look, look, don't understand their persuasive speech. Because how many of you know you could sit some people down that talk about different religions or different philosophies, and they can convince you. And you're going, man, that makes sense. Well, wow, I didn't know that. Well, I guess that could be. And then you're going away going, what? What about my Christianity? What about Jesus? What about what he did on the cross? Maybe it was just a fairy tale. Maybe it was just made up TV movie plot. Are you with me? But then your mind's got to come back and go, wait a minute. Paul was saying, look, I want to remind you of what Christ has done for you. So he's going on and he's, he says, uh, verse 6, I said, Therefore you have received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Having been firmly and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed, and overflow with gratitude. And that's verse 8 coming to. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. And I love this. For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And in him you have been made complete. He is the head over all rule and authority. And in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands and the removal of the flesh by the circumcision, excuse me, removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. And you're thinking, that's a weird thing for him to put in there. No, it's not. Because the Jewish people of the day were told that on the eighth day the circumcision must take place. Are you with me? There was a physical circumcision of the cutting away of the foreskin and they had to look and if you weren't circumcised then you were not a Jew. Hello? So he was dealing with their philosophy of can I be a Christian and do I need to have still be circumcised because I'm a, I'm a Greek and I don't go through circumcision. Are you with me? It wasn't something that was, I was brought up as a kid and, and I've gone through that. He was dealing with that philosophy that was out there. So he says in verse, verse 12, Having been buried with him, meaning Jesus, in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your transgressions and uncircumcised of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all of our transgressions. I'm not going to get the rest of this message out today. Is that okay? I need to park right here. 
How many transgressions has he forgiven us? Are you guys ready? I just feel the spirit. I just feel you pulling here. I just feel you pulling. He's forgiven me. I am forgiven. When I was younger, and I've got the testimony, and you guys can laugh, and I wasn't raised much in church. We would go every now and then. I don't remember a whole lot about church. When I was a teenager, I, I, uh, I didn't go to church much. But there was something there that every now and then I'd go to church, and it wasn't the Spirit of God because I'd go siphon gas out of people's car. You can laugh. So every now and then I have the ushers check our parking lot. I've had that. <laughs> I've had the ushers after service come in and say, look, there was somebody out there and they were, you know what I mean, they were looking at people's cars and going to try to break in and take some CDs or whatever it might be. And, but I, I say that and not, not to be flippant. I say that because I didn't know any better. I had some more bad thought, you know, I didn't know about church. I didn't know about Christ. I didn't really know about these different things. I was not born again. And, and, and do you think that I can be forgiven for doing that? Can I be forgiven for adultery? Can I be forgiven for fornication? Can I be forgiven for talking bad about somebody? Can I be forgiven for murder? Can I? Hmm. Can I be forgiven for speeding? Can a woman who's gone through an abortion be forgiven for that abortion? Can somebody who's been abused as a child be forgiven for that? Can somebody who's abused somebody as a child or even as an adult, can they be forgiven for that? Wow. Wow. See, I don't know as if we understand, totally understand the magnitude of what Christ has done on the cross for us. Paul was, his testimony was, he would kill Christians. They would go out when his name was Saul, and he had authority from the governors, from the leaders in the land, and they would literally go out and stone to death Christians. When they would stone Christians, Paul was there watching as they stoned Christians. Do you think Paul would be forgiven when he came to Christ for that? Oh, come on, that is terrible. That is just terrible. So when he was talking in, in Colossians here that, that we've been buried him we've been buried with him in baptism, in which we were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead, when you were dead in your transgressions and uncircumcised of your flesh, he made, he made you alive together with him. 
having forgiven us all of our transgressions. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? If I make a mistake today, am I forgiven? Yes. Has he forgiven me of my past mistakes? Because you don't understand. I made a lot of past mistakes. I hurt a lot of people. I did some stuff that people would go, I can't believe that you did that. And that was me, and that's you too. Uh, He can forgive me of that? You see, we've got to shift our mind to say, yes, he can. We've got to renew our mind to the cross and the blood of Christ and the death, burial, and the resurrection and him seated on the throne and us seated with him. We've got to see ourselves differently. I am forgiven. I don't know about you, but I go, I'm forgiven. And I'm, and I, and I'm going, I'm forgiven. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe I'm really not forgiven. If I believe the Word of God, and I believe the Word of God, and I believe it was inspired by God and written by those that God inspired to write it, are you with me? Then I have to believe this scripture that says He's for, having forgiving of us all of our transgressions. Past, present. Oh, you don't want to go there, Pastor? And future. I do want to go there. Because I don't believe Christians want to sin. I don't believe you're just willfully going out there and missing the mark. I believe that as we're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, and the Bible will back up my belief system, because God's taken us through a changing of some things within our belief system to say, I am forgiven. And I don't know about you, when I look back at my past and I go, whoo, I don't know if that's possible. My mind says, I don't know if that's possible. So I've got to renew my mind. Say, renew your mind. I've got to renew my mind to the Word of God. Here's what he goes on to say in verse 14. Having canceled out the certificate of debt. (laughs) The devil might come in, he's going, "I I got a certificate of debt. Vernon, you owe. Martin, you owe. I got a certificate. But he might be showing you one side and he should be showing the other. Because the other says, paid in full. Woo-hoo-hoo, hallelujah. I'm like, what? What? I'm like, really? <laughs> My grandson's got that down. Really? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, really? No, no, but I messed up. It's under the blood of Jesus Christ. Really, that when I was 25, what I did? God can forgive me for that? Yes. That when I was 30? Yes. That when I was 70? Yes. So he's saying, here's a certificate. But on that certificate, it's it's stamped and it's saying paid in full. What's, What's on the certificate? It's our debt but yet has been paid in full. So here's what we do. When we come, we've got to know that it's paid in full. Maybe you've got to look at the certificate again. Maybe you've got to look at the canceling certificate. 
having canceled our certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he's taken it out of the way. He's nailed it to the cross. And he's disarmed the rulers and authorities, and he's made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through the cross. Therefore, no one is to act as your judge in regarding to food or drink or to res- in respect to a festival or a new moon or Sabbath day. These things are a mere shadow of what was to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one keep defrauding you of your prize by delighting in the self-abasement and, and the worship of angels. Obviously, Paul was dealing with some issues where they were worshiping angels and not God. Taking a stand on visions as he's seen infiltrated without the cause of his fleshly mind. Not holding fast to the head from whom the entire body is being supplied and held together by the joints and the ligament that grows a growth which is from God. If you have died with Christ to the elementary principles of the world, why as if you were living in the world do you submit yourself to the decrees such as we have a higher, we should live on a higher plane. We live down here and we should be living up here. But we live down there. I didn't know I was entitled to be here. Although the word says it, I didn't believe it. But I don't know about you, when my mind is being renewed, and I might have been a caterpillar, but I want to be a butterfly. I'm going to be a butterfly. So I can be seated with him in heavenly places. I can come to that place where I'm being re- renewed in, the, in my mo- knowledge and my thought and my ideas to say, God, I'm, I'm with you. Jesus says you're seated with him in heavenly places. And, it, and the Bible says that he's seated at the right hand of the Father, ever interceding on our behalf. Say, I'm forgiven. Oh. I want you to meditate on that. And I know it's hard to go back and look, but I've looked at my past. And when I've looked at my past and thought, how can I be ever forgiven for that stuff? Because I can't even forgive myself. And others may not forgive you, but how many of you know God has forgiven you? Well, my Aunt Martha, I, I wronged her back when in 1976 when I was 16 years old. And, and she never forgets it. She always reminds me at the reunions that we have. And I don't even want to go to the reunions because she's there to remind me of what I did back then. Come on, somebody. But I'm telling you, we got to live on a higher plane. Paul wants us to move to a higher plane. Jesus said, I've died for you to go to a higher plane. He said, I've shed the blood for you so we could begin to become to a place where we seated with him and we don't see ourselves the way others see us. You don't have to see yourself the way Aunt Martha sees you. You have to see yourself the way Jesus sees you, the way God the Father sees you. You have to see that you're royalty, that you have destiny, that you have plan, that you have purpose in your life, that you are valuable, that you are a marvelous, wonderful person, and that's who you're created to be. And we've got to shift our mind. We've got to shift our understanding into the Word of God and be everything that He's called us to be. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I don't know about you, but that gets me excited. But I can hear it in the Spirit. I can hear the enemy trying to say, could it be possible? Is what he's saying really real? Is it, oh, is it just a fairy tale? Is it just smoke and mirrors? 
No, it's not. Will you stand to your feet today? I didn't get to where I wanted to get to on this message, but I believe I got to where God wanted me to get to on this message. Let's just take a moment. Just just take a moment. Please, just take a moment. Just begin to focus on Him. Maybe there's something going on in your life. Maybe there's some issues that you're dealing with. I want you to know it's on the Father's heart. Just close your eyes just a moment because the reason I do this is because I, I don't want you looking around. And I know those of you that have kids, sometimes you've got to peek and look and see if the kids are okay. And I understand that. That's fine. But I want us to begin to focus on Him. So make sure I understand clearly, Pastor, what you're saying is that I can be forgiven or I am forgiven. You are forgiven when you come to Jesus Christ. Wow. For everything that I've done in the past, yes. What about what I messed up with yesterday? Yeah? Yeah. What about tomorrow? I'm not giving you a license to go and sin tomorrow because I truly believe that as a believer, as a follower of Christ, you really don't want to get in that stuff. But sometimes we get involved in it and we get in and we just can't get out and we wonder why we can't get out. I'm here today to say, you know what? God's forgiving you. <laughs> it's present tense. It's ongoing. Will you receive that forgiveness today? I'm just going to ask you just to hold your hands out in front of you like somebody's going to give you a gift. And I just want to you to picture Jesus. Can you just picture him maybe just coming up and just saying, look. Here's a certificate of debt, which just says paid in full. What about if you place that in your hand? What if, maybe he needs to place that in your hand today. Maybe you've come from broken marriages. Maybe you've gone through broken marriages. Maybe you've gone through abuse situations. Maybe there's, you've wronged people like I've wronged people. Jesus is coming and he's saying, here's what the enemy has against you. Oh, by the way, it's been paid. Oh, by the way, it's been recorded in the books of heaven. By the way, I'm covering this with my blood today. So I want to I speak a word of encouragement into your life today. That today you're going to go out and be changed. Today you're going to leave here. You just didn't come here just to have church. We came here to experience and encounter a living God. A God full of life. A God vibrant. A God full of color and excitement. A God that loves you unconditionally. A God that will say, I'll take your mess and turn it into a message. I'll take your pain and, and, and turn it into something wonderful. I'll take your ideas and your thoughts and make them my ideas and thoughts. I'll renew your mind. I'll, I'll just bring you through a transformation process. And when you come out, it won't, you won't be a caterpillar any longer, crawling around on a twig waiting for the devil to come stick you in a jar and put a lid on you. But you'll be a butterfly, beautiful, intricately woven, marvelous colors, 
wonderfully made in His image and in His likeness. That's you today. You can receive that. In fact, you just, you just get it because that's who you are. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. We'll talk about that in another time next week. So, Father, I just release your blessing. I release your encouragement upon your people here today. I ask you to shift and transform their mind. Not to be conformed to the world and the world's philosophy and the world's ways. But your ways. Your philosophy, which is Jesus. Your blood that was shed upon for us. Father, I call forth a cleansing right now of their past to take place right now in the name of Jesus. That you're cleansing their, their future right now in the name of Jesus. You're cleansing their present right now in the name of Jesus. And by all authority in, in heaven and on earth, Lord, we, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ and we say impart something to us today. Impart courage. Impart wisdom and revelation which is in you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Can we give the Lord some praise in the house this morning? Before you, before you leave today, we've we got prayer teams that will come up and there will be prayer for you. We want you to have an encounter of God. I, I hope he messes you up. <laughs> I want him to mess you up, but it's a messing up in a good way. Amen? So we bless you today. We dismiss you guys today. If you need to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, come on up. Let us introduce you to him. If uh, you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in another tongue, we'll give that to you also. God, God's got that gift for you. If you want to receive some other things for the Lord, you want just prayer today, come and pray. God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon. We love you, and we bless you and honor you. See you Wednesday if you can make it at 630. God bless you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.